sick boys well um benny i know you're busy you're a very popular man these days but we um just had a meeting and we just said hey let's lock this podcast in we captured you and we're here we made it happen welcome to the uh the combat lab podcast brother lovely to be here fresh kicks yes i'm just looking at them the whole time impulsive i like them he always so looks fresh he's what size are you I'm I'm twelve. We oh. got some other kicks, some <laughs> some Larry ones for you over there too. Amazing. Right. You, you won't fit these. <laughs> no. <laughs> Benny's always he always looks good. You take pride on the way you look. Yeah, you got to. How important is that for you? You got to be marketable. You got to be marketable. Is this where we're going? Yeah. It's the most marketable man in the game. Have you seen the selfies? <laughs> Have you <laughs> seen the mirror? He's mirror selfies are top notch, <laughs> and I don't know whether he's taking them or someone else is. Ah. <laughs> oh. That's the trick. Right. That I'll is the trick. I'll leave that the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely got one of those like um, sticky, sticky yeah, things yeah. on the back of his iPhone. Puts it on the yeah, on the mirror. Those little hand grab yeah. things. Yeah. Now I've got um on my as an athlete account or a promotional. You click and it says how many people save it and send it. Yeah, yeah. There's always a couple. So <laughs> I reckon it's you boys <laughs> sending <laughs> it to each other. <laughs> <laughs> grilling me. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll admit dickhead. it is. It is. It is me. I save all of it. You just go into my save profile photos, and it's just oh, you, oh, row yeah. after row after row oh, after row. How good is that? <laughs> but he knows it works, man. That's yeah, why I can hope it happened. does work. That's why. That's why he's hitting the fights. Yeah. Hopefully, which will obviously, we obviously keep get wraps. it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get into. We'll because this one isn't as under wraps, but. Man, from the last time we spoke, um, everything's changed for everyone um, in the world. So we were in a super small office confined to an area over there. And we just recently brought you on as a combat athlete. Um, we didn't have combat training center. We didn't have a lot of the products we had now. You hadn't had one of the more bigger breakout fights on a huge card so everything was fresh, I guess, for, for everyone. But now, um, for us personally, you're a coach of ours. Um, you coach a whole lot of members. You PT us in the morning. Um, it's just been sick um, over the last year. COVID, no COVID and everything to have you join us and be such a big part of our community. And and like I said, I couldn't. We, we were never looking specifically at boxing. And then obviously... Yes, watch you just start knocking dudes we, out. We were, we were, but it was just yeah. like we weren't as familiar with it. I just didn't I think understand. That, yeah. I think that's, that's, yeah. that's like it was almost like our go-to was, cool, we're in the MMA space, we're in the jiu-jitsu space, and um, Muay Thai is also pretty close to those worlds. So naturally new from the Muay Thai background, then you transitioned into boxing. Yeah. And boxing just seems maybe like a little bit further apart from those other worlds. They're, it's a... It's got a more history. It's a bigger, bigger sort of beast in a way. Yeah. And we weren't as familiar. Or I wasn't no, as familiar with I it. So wasn't. Yeah. How, how, before Benny gets into it, how do we how do we get connected with Benny? I was trying to think of this before. What he said before was marketing and and like t- calling. Do we it, reach out to Benny? I reached out to yeah, him. Yeah, see. yeah. yeah. Cool. I remember asking you, and you're like, man, he's. He's, he's a, a good looking. He's a yeah. good looking. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good looking bloke. Yeah. I was I was looking like just at like. I understood basics of boxing mm. and then I saw obviously Benny and there's, there's We asked Elliot too because yeah. um for and and this is look, we've gone already so far, you know, past um Benny's history, but like um just your Muay Thai history is just 
outrageous and, and just the, uh, the amount of work that you've put into that career. So we asked Elliot Compton, we're like, hey, what do you think about this dude? Elliot naturally gives you the, the thumbs up. And then so, you know, Elliot's an OG and, you know, he's <laughs> one of our very first athletes, if not yeah. one of the first in a way, and um, someone we look up to, our coach as well. So if he says someone gets the nod of approval, then they, they're, they're a beast. Ah, I appreciate it. Tell us about your you. tell us um, about your history and, and all this sort of stuff oh. to, for people who don't know who you are. Okay, and like Sal said, it's been a massive the last year, year and a half has been huge for everyone in the team. Um, and I appreciate all the opportunities that you boys give me as well. Um, but yeah, I, it's from the tie boxing. Um, I had forty pro fights by the end of it, or, or about thirty six pro fights, and then I had a couple of you know a couple of early fights where there's no elbows and a couple of pads and stuff like that. Um, I ended up getting 32 wins out of the bunch with, I just had 10 knockouts, but I fought internationally, um, was two-time Australian champion, two different weight divisions, um, won a few like eliminating, you, know, you fight two or three guys in one night kind of thing. Um, yeah, it was my life, you know what it's like when you're doing, whether it's jits or wrestling or boxing or Muay Thai or whatever, it becomes your life, you become obsessed with it. Um, yeah, and it just got to a point where I feel like I did what I needed to do in the sport and I took it as far as I could go, you know, I'd got the accolades that I thought I, I wanted to achieve and I just kind of wanted more and it got to a point where I took a couple of short notice fights through Wayne um, just would throw oh, there's a, a fight in four days time against yada yada at this weight doing do a bit of pocket money boxing don't have to worry about elbows or kicks or anything like that and I'm like yeah beautiful cool um, my first few fights I ended up knocking the guys out short notice and then um, I had when was it I had a fight against Victor Nagby um, a couple of years ago scheduled and I trained full camp, was the fittest I've ever been. And then um, he pulled out about two days before the fight. And then, again, I had an, another short-nose fight. And there was a guy called um, Lockie Higgins from Melbourne. And he was quite a good boxer, state champion and stuff. And I took that fight and I, I won the fight and I dropped him. And I won over four rounds, unanimous. But it kind of – it was a hard fight. I was kind of like, I need to take boxing a little bit more serious. And I started looking at the, the end scale of things and going – these guys that are at the top scale of this sport are, are super wealthy. Their whole lives are set, kind of thing. They've they've done what they needed to do in the sport, and I loved kind of the the top tier of it. I love how clean cut it is, how professional it is, how the rankings all they they all mean something. You know, where I was at in Muay Thai, the rankings are kind of flawed. You can't progress too much. You know, the local scene there's not a lot going on anymore. Um, it's kind of hard to to make a career too. If you want to make a career, you train your whole life doing something. You want to make money. You want to, yeah. you know, support your partner. You want to get a house. You want to support your kids. You want generational wealth. You want to be able to live your your dream as a job. And that's the same as anything. Mm. Um, and so I thought I'll, I'll try and pursue boxing as a, as a passion because I fought over I fought number three in the world at the time, Yogkenpun uh, in um, in China. Yeah, and um, I ended up same thing. I got like a week's notice, and they're like, "Do you want to go over and fight Yod?" And I, at this time, I had a bit of time off. I had I fought in an eight man and won it, so I fought three dudes in one night, and I was I won the whole thing, and I was banged up. I had two weeks off. I was just on the beers and relaxing, and just taking some time down. And I was like, yeah, why not? It's an opportunity. If I go over and knock him out, it's huge. If I lose, it's you know, it's like Muay Thai. If you lose, it's not a yeah, it's not a big deal. deal kind of thing. You just carry on. Um, so I asked my Wayne and Josh. I'm like, Do either of you boys want to come over, and neither of them had their visas. And I was like, well, well I caught up one of my mates, Jamie Stamp. And he had about 30, 40 pro fights as well. And I was like, do you want to come to China with me? <laughs> and come, like, corner me? And he's, he's like, China? Oh, yeah, righto. Got his visa done. We went over with, like, five days' notice, no training. I trained, like, twice. And I ended up having a really good fight with him. It was three rounds. I um, 
I won the first round comfortably. I got dropped real bad in the second round. Um, he deviated my set uh, in my nose. Like, I was just pissing down. It was terrible. I felt like I got hit by a truck. And then I ended up cutting him, surviving the last round. But it was kind of one of those wake-up calls. I got back and they paid me three grand yep. for the whole thing. And, like, it, I, by the time I got back and missing out on work here and all that kind of stuff and working two, three jobs for the last eight years it was just a bit of a like you need to do something different now you know you get into your into your 20s you've been doing this your whole life your body's killing you you're getting nothing out of it kind of thing i I just kind of weighed up some things and like i said muay thai is amazing i love it and i wouldn't be the fighter i am now without Mm -hmm. that but the the crossover's been amazing and then once i started taking it seriously and doing my eight-week camps and really going this is what i want to pursue i want to be one of the best boxers in the world and you know sparring guys like Dennis Hogan, Dennis Hogan, sorry, Jeff Horn, um, all these guys, I'd see how I compete with these guys and I'm like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've got the ability. I feel like I've got the d- determination. I train, con- con- I never stop kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. The last year, the last one we signed, uh, when I came with you guys to combat, yeah. I was, have I had two fights since then? Or yeah. just, just the one? Because yep. it's been yep. pretty inactive. It was two. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I had one... Um, I stopped the guy in round six, and then my last fight was for a IBO regional title, and I ended up winning that. So I'm at nine and zero now, and um, it's getting a bit tricky to get fights because you know the, the top guys you don't rank to fight the lower They'll guys. They lose a lot, but yeah. you'll gain a lot. So exactly, it's, yeah, so someone it's, giving you the chance. Yeah, risk versus reward yep. is kind of not a, a thing. Um, the, the early, go- the low guys don't want the fight, and then everyone in between is trying to you know either build a record or get to the top, so they don't want to take the fight. So it's getting a bit tricky now. Um, but yeah, we're in a good position. We're we're training every day. Our body's in good nick. Um, we've got a great team around us, and yeah, we're just kind of looking. We we got something in the works. Um, no names, no anything like that right now. But we're looking for six weeks. We're looking for October to have a fight. Um, we've been inactive since last November because obviously I broke my hand in my last fight, so I had about three months off. And then the second I was ready to go, COVID kicked in, mm. and it's just been a, a grinding process since then. There's a couple of things I wanted to go over that you mentioned. The first one was, is it is this is this really the state of Muay Thai in our country? As what I mean by that is, you've had almost forty pro fights, um, and you still can't can't really make enough money to survive. Like, is it was one championship an opportunity that you considered, or was it even enough money when you considered it? Back when I was doing Thai boxing, one championship wasn't really a, a thing. Yep. Like that's blown up over the last few years. Yep. I've been boxing for about two, three years now. So if it was an opportunity, then who who knows? Because there was a point where I was chasing glory. I wanted to go over to yep. glory and do kickboxing. And I had a few kickboxing fights and did really well. Um, I wanted to do that. because so I was like, oh, maybe there's money there. Maybe I can make a future there. And nothing eventuated. Um, like I said, I got a few shots over in China and I fought some other guys and it just kind of wasn't mm-hmm. no opportunities were there we were trying we were trying um, one wasn't around and then just when the boxing opportunity yeah arrives i just thought i'd i'd take it with both hands but um yeah like at local muay thai there's like back in the olden era the golden era there was so many fighters i, I could just spit 100 off the top of my head it was amazing there was i don't know how the money or anything was back then it's not all about the money but if you want to make a career it kind of is and back then it's there was a lot of fighters, a lot of competition. There were shows every month, every two, two shows, three shows a month. Um, amazing competitors. And to that, today there's there's a couple of really, really good guys floating around. But to get them a matchup is is the problem. And then to get a promotion, especially in this time with through the COVID and stuff, um, 
Yeah, there's money, mate. There's not a lot of money in in Muay Thai. One, I know that there's some some solid coin in that, and there's there's a good future in that. And if you do it properly, and you dedicate yourself to it, and you get over to one or you get over to glory, there there's definitely money to make. You look at guys like Wayne Pa. He's made a career. He's bought a gym. He, he's done a very very successful career doing it. Um, Is that right? I wanted to go into that because I feel like Wayne's not someone who I'd expect when we're talking about Wayne we're saying John Wayne Parr for those who, who haven't picked it up and he's obviously been you know the one behind Benny for since you were what 12 13 14 yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that yeah which is crazy you sometimes share some photos with you guys like when you're super young <laughs> yeah. and so crazy to see didn't even have an armpit here <laughs> <laughs> which just shows how long you've been doing it and, and obviously he's been in the corner um he doesn't look like someone who flashes his money around or anything like that. But has he been successful in his career? Yeah, yeah he owns yeah. his house, yeah. he owns a gym. He's that's um, good to know. That's uh, good to know. He signed with one, yep. so he'll be fighting with them soon. So yeah, he's done amazing. He's that's awesome. Been super, super successful. Um, guys can right. do it. You see a lot of guys on the main circuit; they're killing it. Um, there's a time and a place. You know, he he did it in an era where it was he went over to Thailand. He was like the one of the first guys ever to go over there and just beat the ties at their own game, mm. do their thing. Um, you got to remember, he was on, like, the contender. Yeah. At yeah. like the content, TV yeah, show. Yeah. He, he's a, like K, he's, K1 era. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. He's, like, proper celebrity status, though. When you're talking, like, if you're on the Joe Rogan podcast, yeah. you're in, like, another type of echelon of status. Like you it, it, you've got the... You've got the brand recognition and you've got some awareness, but yeah. is it, has it been commercially translating into this sport and yeah. my brand is you know, helping me live a good life. Yeah. And I never I never thought he got as much as he probably deserved. That's just what well, my feelings and were. I don't think any the, of these guys the, get what they deserve. Yeah. Like, yeah. being being honest, like, I would love to see Benny with more. Yeah. John with, like, for what they do, I, I genuinely don't think any of them get do you, what Do you think it's because deserve. there's just not enough money being pumped into that industry from various places, whether yeah. it be sponsors, bigger corporates? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. There's Ticket sales, whatever. There's a lot of reasons, I'm sure. But all I know is that when you look at the UFC, it's been around forever. People just love carnage. You know, people love cage. People love the small gloves. They love people getting slammed on their heads and all lots of blood and stuff. That's just, mm. I think, human nature. Yeah. I think that's why, obviously, that's such a huge um, sport. Um you look at Muay Thai, it's fucking savage, yeah. bro. Yeah. Muay Thai is scary as shit. Yeah. MMA is easy. There's no, yeah, there's no Fox deals. There's no... Yeah. Um, I think Thai boxing is just a different world. It is, man. I think, I think it's, it's definitely savage. It's definitely hard to commercialise. Yeah. yeah. Like, you look at it, it's to its effect it has great traditions, but those traditions don't translate across to... Mm, modern. To the modern world. Yeah. And the modern world is very quick. I want this now. Yeah. Um, UFC took a product and then made it, commercialized mm. it, from the walkout song, entertainment to the. Yeah. It has to, to grow. It has yeah. to grow, and I, I feel like yeah. Thai boxing being from Thailand, you know, that's their, that's their tradition. That's mm. their. That will never ever yeah. ever change because that's their beliefs. That's who they are. That's what they stand by. The sport is set. That's what it is. When you look at MMA, you look at boxing. Like you said, it's getting commercialised, it's growing, yeah. it's changing, and it's keeping up with the times. Muay Thai is amazing. It's an I love it. It's an, yeah. it's an amazing sport. I would never, ever take back a fight that I had. Um, but as far as where it's growing to, one one is changing the game as well. They're bringing it Muay Thai rules sure. into the cage, MMA, yeah. which is what Wayne did, cage Muay Thai, a fair few years ago. Um, but they're putting it on the mainstream in front of TVs and on streams and stuff. So that's 
and that's the first step. Yep. That's great. Um, they're getting some really, really good fighters over there, crossing from the UFC over yep. and stuff too. So it's getting there. It's just slow and steady, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive like everything is a business, and you look at something like a sport that I look at, and they just go, "How is this so big?" Is like baseball. <laughs> Could not think of a more boring thing. Australia, you know, I, yeah, yeah. Australians are going to hate me, but cricket, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Like, <laughs> I can't do it. But it had tradition and then they basically made almost like days around it and commercialised it like the Boxing Day test. I know people when I used to live in Melbourne that that was the biggest day of the year. You feel out 100,000 people at the MCG for someone, just some dudes in white clothes running around... <laughs> Throwing a ball every yeah. now and then, and people would be there from the start of the day all the way to the end of the day, and go back and do it for like four days. Yeah, it doesn't theoretically <laughs> make sense, but they made a business out of it somehow. Yeah, yeah. nuts. It's crazy. And when you like talk about you know your fight record and even just having forty fights in general, that is <coughs> that's pretty crazy. There's not many people who, even well-known guys that have big brands, whether it be in the UFC, whether it be Muay Thai, whatever it is, that have had that many fights. It's a lot of fights. Yeah. Well, you must love this. Like well, you must I, love the competitive aspect of it. I do. What, what is it? What um, is it about it? For me, it's it's all I've kind of knew as, as a kid. Um, obviously, I had, a, I had a good childhood, but everyone has their struggles and trials and tribulations. When I was younger, it was kind of like a place for me to go and it wouldn't change. There's, no matter where I was, there was the bags, there was the trainers, that was the gym. I could have an outlet, I could train. Um, and I did it with my dad. Uh, I did Taekwondo and a little bit of boxing with my old man when I was a kid for years when I was playing like rugby league and stuff off on the offside. And then for me, it was just like a place that was, it was always there. You could always progress. You could always be better than you were yesterday, no matter what else was going on in your life kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, the more I progressed in it, the more I was like, I really like this. And Wayne was like, do you want to have your first fight? I'm like, yeah, let's do it kind of thing. And then after the first fight, I watched the video back and I was like, I suck. I <laughs> I'm the worst fighter in the world. I need to be better. And then it kind of went from there. And then it gets to a point where you want to, have a better future for yourself. You want to give your kids the best you can give them. You want to give yourself the best chance you can have everyone around. You want to help everyone around you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I had a bit of a talent for this and I feel like I have the drive to do it and I didn't know anything else. So I was like, I'm just going to put everything into this and it's just become me, I guess. Like I can't really wrap my head around or put my finger on what it is, but um, it's all I've ever done. It's all I've ever wanted and to, to not do it would be cheating myself. So I just feel like I need to take this as far as I can go. I've got the ability. I've got the blessings to have my full body to do this. I've got um, obviously an amazing connection around me and I've had so much help throughout the journey and I just feel that um, it's kind of my obligation to, to be the best I can be and take this as far as I can go. Well, talking about you having you know a network and people that want to help, that all stems from who you are and how you carry yourself and you know your professionalism with that network and you know the fact that sure, these people might give you value, but you're giving value in return as well. So it's a, a reciprocal relationship that's constantly growing. And that's that's what a good relationship is. Yep. Whether you're talking about a sponsor or a promoter or a coach, whatever it is, like you've, it's got to be reciprocal. You've got to work together in order to grow together. Where did you learn that? Because I feel like there's a lot of fighters out there. It's a very selfish sport. Um, and I feel comfortable saying that in a yeah. way. Um, and in, in a way you have to be. You know, you're you're in the cage or the ring. You're fighting yourself. You know, it's it's you know, there's there's a lot of dangers and risks that can happen with it. Like it's a specific sport. You need to look after yourself. But you've just seemed to harness this professionalism, commerciality around you, 
or just marketing potential, which has allowed you to, to attract network and people that can help you. Where does that come from? Um, I'm not too sure, Matt. Like, I, I think that from the start, I, I didn't know better. Like, I had Josh, Josh especially, has been the, the biggest part. Josh Arnold, he hates when I shout him out. He hates, <laughs> he yeah, Josh. Him. He's probably getting rosy red cheeks right now. But he, <laughs> he's been a massive influence with me. He's been the most humble, um, relaxed kind of guy in the world. He's done everything for me and he's never expected a thing back. Obviously, I do what I can and I will give him the world when I can one day. Um, but just p- influences like that in my life that have been around me and I've just seen how they genuinely care. Mm. They don't want to... He gets fulfilment out yeah, of that. they don't yeah. want to do something for someone else and expect something in return. If, if they're not winning with you, you're gone. Like uh, yep. that, He's in it because he wants you to succeed and he wants... They're close to you. They want to see you win, whether you're with them or not kind of thing. And um, I, I have had a lot of influences like that. Um, he's been a massive one. But I just see all like the high-level fighters, high-level athletes. They've all got this professional professionalism about them. Um, you've got a lot of guys that obviously go off the rails and talk a lot of shit and do it that way. But I don't. You, you kind of have to have that in you to do that, and I, I don't think I have that. Like I obviously have a bit of a mouth on me when I need to, but I don't see that as <clears throat> what something I want to do. I just want to be as professional as I can. I think that when you're looking at sponsors or being marketable, or you you got to be straight and narrow. You got to be super transparent. You just got to be who you are in a sense. You got to be professional, and you got to do things the right way. You can't cut corners and cut people off and use and abuse people and palm them because eventually it's going to come in a circle and, mm-hmm. and bite you on the ass. I think, I know, I think genuine, being genuine's very rare, especially like you said in the sport. It's not bagging the sport yeah, out yeah. by any means, Most, but yeah. it's the same as any sport. It's the same as any business. People are super cutthroat and you, you need to get to a point where you've got to find a good balance between standing up for yourself and respecting yourself and then not screwing people over. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a very fine line in that, in that art and, you know, you got to try and make it to the top. You got to be marketable. You got to be representable. You got to be, you know, yep. if there's a camera on you, you don't want to make people sit behind their TVs and talk trash yep. about you. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I feel, and it may be right or may be wrong, but just from our time together, one of the aspects that made me think the reason why you act the way you do was the fact that when we first met, um, for people's reference, Benny was working at Top Golf. Mm-hmm. Um, doing the graveyard shift yeah. and um, anyone that's done a graveyard shift obviously recognises that you're there till really early of the morning and the only time I could actually, we could catch up um, with Josh and everyone was of a morning and I felt bad because I knew that you would just come off a graveyard shift and you told me you had to do training as well at some stage that morning so it was all going to be crammed in pretty early but I also had the kids to drop off at school and me and Mill had to get to the agency and stuff but obviously you rocked up and I was like hey you're traveling you're like man I'm super tired but grateful that I'm able to work and within hopefully you had a goal at that stage I think it was June and we may have met up in maybe November or something but you had a goal that I want to be able to do what I love, combat, full-time in some aspect, whether that's coaching, whether that's training, whether that's working and doing fighting and everything like that. But you, for that period of time, had already been going through such a grind that a lot of people, other people wouldn't have gone through. Mm -hmm. They would have just simply gone, I'm a fighter and that's it. And they wouldn't have bothered going through the process of still working at Top Golf, still doing their job, still doing all the other responsibilities that come with it. You didn't stop that. 
until 100% you were ready to make that crossover. Um, full-time training, full-time, well, not full-time coaching, but becoming a coach and moving to that next aspect where a lot of people want to skip the steps. Mm. They simply want to yeah. say, I'm a fighter. Mm. So that's all is, I do. The problem is a lot of fighters go, this sport owes me something. A hundred percent. Look, I think humble beginnings are a massive thing. Yeah. Um, I think you have to have that grind to, to have that grind. If yeah. you're just given things on a platter, you, you, you don't you, you yeah. don't understand and you can't compare. It's, yeah. it's a different world. Um, a lot of guys come to the gym and they have two or three fights and yeah. they think that they can compare themselves with Muhammad Ali and you're like, yeah. it doesn't work like that. I think when I, when I was younger, I used to work three or four jobs, um, backwards and forwards between clients, between... Um, doing the graveyard shifts at Top Golf. Doing, um, I was working on construction. I was doing steel fixing. I was doing a little bit of concreting. I did three years of a plumbing apprenticeship, and then decided not to finish it because I, I saw it as a plan B, and it would take my mind off what I needed to do, which was my plan A. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff that I grinded at the beginning, and like Blake Morrison, um, my strength coach for BMF, he's he's a massive inspiration for me as well. Um, every time I speak to him, he'll hold me accountable. He'll slap me on the ass, and um, you know. He's always said to me, like, if you, you wouldn't quit one job without having another job because you're just going to put yourself in a hole. You need to work till you don't need to work anymore. Yeah. You, you need you need to keep pushing yourself and pushing yourself. Like, I, I, there's no way that I would have just gone, all right, I'm quitting all my jobs. Yeah. And don't, don't get me wrong. I'm Everyone that knows me, I'm stubborn as stubborn yeah. as hell. But I'd quit jobs and I'd quit jobs and I'd quit jobs, but I'd always have something there. And I'd, I'd float around. And if you looked at my resume, you would just... We wouldn't hire you. you. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No, you'd scrump it up, you'd throw it in the bin, it'd be... Uh, I wouldn't even want to know how many things had been on there, but um, yeah, but there was always something there, and you always had to work from job to job to job. And even with Blake, that's when you know you guys gave me the opportunity to do all my clients and do training and be your coach out of out of Combat Training Center. That was that was amazing, and I was like, I really want to do this. And then Blake said to me one day, we were this was because I think I gave you that deadline by like mid year, yeah. And, and I spoke to Blake and I was like, oh, can, he goes, how many clients can you do a week? Because I was miserable. I went in one morning and I just had, I'm, I'm usually so positive. I'm never, I'll try not to whinge about things. I'll have a little bit of a blur and I'll just reset, go again, try and be positive all the time, you know. Um, and one day Blake said to me, he was like, well, how many clients can you get? And I was like, well, I can do this many here, this many. I've got this many from this and this and this. And then we worked out how much kind of I would be earning. And he goes, well, why are you working three jobs doing scattered pays when you could just go and do that full time and train around it and i literally that next day i went to work and i handed my resignation that's mad and just the next day i went oh my god and it just needed blake just to hold me accountable and go dude you can do this you just you're, you've got yourself to a point where you're respected in the fight community you've got the you know the friends and the abilities and the the connections to be able to do this let's do it and then i spoke to with you guys and it was amazing and then so the next day i handed my resignation and i started just Pumping clients out and training around that, and Dude, um, respect to you for for taking that advice from you know the people close to you, Josh and Blake and stuff like that, and and taking on that advice and appreciating it and and sort of working with it because a lot of guys don't want to listen to anyone or yeah. you know there might be people that have experience around them and they just don't want to listen to them or whatever, um, yeah. and they miss out on opportunities. But you really systematic about it you were logical about it you wrote yeah. down how much you needed to earn to have a lifestyle and, and you got to surround yourself with people that want your growth yeah. that's what I was saying to you before about Josh and Blake and stuff they just want the best for you they're doing the best for them and it's just it's in you, so you guys yourself you guys are you guys want the best for me and I know that 100% without even having to think twice like you, you surround yourself with a, a network that are like-minded and that are similar people and 
it's you can't lose mm. you can't lose and then if you you know if we sat down and had a conversation about something we i should do or i needed to do or your opinions i would take that on board 100 percent because that's that's what you got these kind of people are for you know um yeah and, and likewise man that's why we come to you to learn how to yeah. throw some punches and kicks this is this is really good there's, a, there's some really good tips in here because there's a lot of i'm sure on our combat followers there's like a lot of aspiring um <clears throat> athletes champions people who really do want to take this full-time as a career and <clears throat> excuse me even a couple of guys at the gym I know that way I want to do this full time, um, but obviously you need to pay for your bills. You need to pay for your rent. You need to, yep. you know, take your girl out to the movies or, or whatever it is. And so they'll go and, ha- and, and work a job and they might do three days security, this and that. Yep. And I'd, I've had a couple of chats with the boys. I'm like, write down exactly how much you need to survive in a week. And you are, you have the skills to teach other people this, mm. this, these skills, this craft. There's a, there's a, there's a group of people here. Let's just use com- combat training center as an example. People like Cell and I, we want to learn from you guys. Like yeah. we're willing to make a transaction with you guys for you to give us half an hour, an hour of your time to do a private. And that's the way that you should be making your money. You're thinking about combat. You know, yep. we're going through combinations that you're actually working on as well. Yeah. Like during it, your it, fights. Yeah, so you're thinking boys about as well. it. Yeah. Every time I'll have a sparring session or me and Josh will do something. I'd be like, ah, that's beautiful, and I'll take it to my clients that next week. Like, it's just How good a is that? never-ending loop kind of thing. It's 100%. Awesome. So it's just like yeah. we're learning directly from you, whatever yeah. you're thinking about, and then we're learning. So we're getting better real fast, yeah. you know, as well. Yeah. So it's like I encourage people to think about that more and, and start yeah. sort of, sure. you know, and reaching yeah, out to yeah, their audience. 100%. And You've got to be cutthroat too with it, saying that as well. Like, if you go, I want to do this as a career, yeah. you have to be unforgiving with that. Like, you have to cut out eating out. You have to cut out... It sounds bad, but you got to cut out taking your girlfriend to the movies. Like if you want, if you want to do this, you have to be all in, yeah. and and that's the biggest thing. A lot of guys go, I want to do this for a career, and I want to do this, and I want to yeah. achieve this, but they're not willing to sacrifice and take everything out of the way yeah. and dive in, or just have a plan. Yeah, yeah, a, a basic. Yeah. Like we're not talking like you have to have like this crazy business plan that has like multiple SWOT analysis and all these <laughs> principles and strategies or anything like that. We just like have a plan of how you're going to get from point A to point yeah, B 100%. and from point B to point C. And if something takes you off that roadmap, what will get you back on there and then get moving forward? Because that more than anything, the thing that I hear more than anything is I'm going to do this from probably every day I hear that. It may not be those exact words, but it's something to that effect. And the simple question you ask people is how, hundred percent, and usually it's hit with silence. Like yep. it's that—that's what usually comes back, and you're like, then you're not going to do it. Like yeah. you're not trying to be negative to them, but you're trying to be real. You're just, you're just telling them the way yeah. it is. That if you haven't thought how you're actually going to get there, it's just like right now, people just all of a sudden we all have maps yep. on our phone or Google. But if you were to hop in your car back in the day. No refidex, no nothing. You just go, I'm going to get to Potts Point, Sydney. And you had never been there before. Mm. How would you actually get there? You wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't because you hadn't planned it. You'd yeah, actually have 100%. to get that book out and go, all right, I have to get from here to here. And when I get there, I'll open the book back up and look at it and go get from here to yeah, here. Because that's that's the only way. There wasn't someone just talking to you going, turn left or whatever. Well, on, that note, on that note, I'm so happy at this GPS. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Try, the, I'd be man, screwed, eh? You... Yeah probably a younger 
well, sorry, you are younger than me and Mill, obviously, but I reckon almost every person that was born like within the 80s saw their parents get in some type of massive blow up over the <laughs> Refidex situation with like someone would literally be reading the book, being yeah, in the GPS, yeah. going turn left. And like, five, <laughs> like, like four, or yeah. five, four or five years ago, my grandparents still use it. Yeah, bro. So <laughs> yeah, mine. Really? Yeah. They're just like, nah, yeah. I'm, I'm not dealing with this yeah. new future stuff. But, um, Do you know what's funny yeah. though? There is a map now and social media shows it and presents it straight up. So it what Benny said before, which was an amazing point was, just look at the top guys of your sport. Look at the guys who you can kind of relate to who are at the top and live the lifestyle that you want to live. How do they present themselves? What are they doing? What are they doing on social media? How are they talking in an interview? You know, all these sorts of things. So the map's there. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's a template. It's not like it was back in the era where there was no internet or there was no movies or there was no, you can't Google something and just find it out like that. It's, there is a template to follow for this stuff now you can look things up you can speak to people that you know you can you know there's a, there's a lot of entries for this and like you said something simple like a plan mm. just to start with like you don't need to have your end goal when you start you just got to start and just day by day tick things off it's the same thing like me and blakey wrote um we're getting a, it'll be interesting to see if i've done any of it i think i have done most of it <laughs> but um we wrote like a time capsule things i wanted to achieve this year be involved in you know, whether it's a business venture, which I wanted to do, which, awesome. I, which I've ticked off, um, you know, be training full time, which I've ticked off. Yep. There's a couple of other little things and, you know, you write a plan out, we put it in at the end of the year. You have a kind of a suss out and see where you're at, see if you're progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, same as me and Josh, you know, you sit down, you go, we want to do this, then we want to achieve this. Then by doing this, we'll get to here. If not, there's this route. Like there's 100%. Mm-hmm. So, so, so important. Do you see that in boxing where there is quite a close sort of coach to athlete relationship and then you look at something more like MMA or Muay Thai or whatever and it's more like a coach to a group of people is there more sort of like um different coaches for different things I guess like it I think too many makes it a bit hard and that's why you just got to have your team Mm. you you lock into your team and that's your jam kind of thing you know what I mean I think you got different guys for different things um I don't know how it works at the top level. You know, guys have their trainers that they're some, a lot of guys are tra- assigned to trainers and they get management fees. And then there's guys that promotional and then management companies, and then they got their own other team and then they're signed to the, like, I don't know at that, that top end. Yeah. Um, boxing, boxing is yeah. very different to Muay Thai. How was the transition? Did you know all the boxing rules? Oh and God, no. Bo- oh so no, did you have God, to study it? I had it? no what? idea. I had no idea when I first, my, my, one of my first fights, I had no idea what I was doing. I just went and I remember the first fight, um, the guy I fought had like five fights, so the one loss or something, and I took it like two days and so I went in and I just had these like three-quarter like board short looking things on with like low-cut <laughs> boots. I looked like trash and I got in there and I'm like, what am I doing? And then he just came at me with like, honey, you must say like maybe a little bit of like a amateur style still coming through and he was just throwing in bunches and I was, I'm, you're not used to that. Muay Thai, you try and kill them with a the jab, you yeah. know, and... I just covered up and I was just like, what is going on? For the first like minute of yeah. the fight, I was just covering. Um, and then I just threw a right hand and just yeah. <laughs> buckled him. And I was like, yeah, hey, he's sick. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so much, the footwork, the speed, the tempo, the timing, the rhythm, the defense. Like it, it is bodyboarding versus surfing. Yeah. There's table tennis and squash. It, it, yeah. like they're just completely different entities. They're completely different things. Um, so they, they, we had to scrape right back. So just bring it. I, I had good balance and I knew how to throw a punch and I, I had hard punches and, you know, a lot of my tie boxing knockouts were all hands and stuff. So yeah. I had good fundamentals. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I've got good eyes, and that's how I fight. I fight with my, my eyes and my counters. Um, so it, that translated over nice. And then the toughness from Thai boxing, yeah. just like the grit. I've been cut. I've been dropped. I've had facial surgery. I've had my cheek popped out. I've had my legs kicked out. I've been on crutches. Like, uh, I'm my my grit is there, and a lot of these boxers don't have that. And that's not being rude to boxing or anything, but there's a lot of guys that they'll get into a shit situation and they're like, fuck, I've, I've never been here kind of thing. Whereas coming over, I've you, you can't put me in a darker place than I've already been. Yep. So um, there's a lot, a lot of stuff did help me, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of stuff that I've just been like, scrape me back. And, and I, love, I love learning. I love being a beginner again. I, I love learning from scratch. So it's been interesting, but now we're getting the hang of it. We're, we're looking like a pro boxer now. And, you know, a lot of guys that saw me fight at the beginning are like, oh, I can tell that you did Thai boxing. And then now these days, everyone that sees me go, oh, you did Thai boxing. Yeah. I'm a legitimate boxer now. So, um, and I'm really happy about that. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, obviously, you had such a big history in, in one combat sport. Did that sort of throw you into the fire when you got into boxing? And were you sort of yeah. thrown yeah. into the deep end against harder opponents than what um, someone else would have? Not so much. I just... You know that Muay Thai mentality, it's like, I'll fight anyone, anytime. Yeah, yeah. But coming from MMA, especially um, Muay Thai, the best fight the best. Mm-hmm. If they win, they win. Happy days. If they lose, they just fought the best. There's, you don't get stripped for that. That's yeah. just like, okay, on to the next. Maybe get another win one, go back. Yeah. Like, they've still got their sponsors. they still got the love. they still got their fans. You're in boxing. You get a loss, man, they throw you off the edge. You, that's, see ya. Like, all right, start from the bottom again. Boxing's so important about your record. And, I think it's a great thing, but I also think that it's taken a bit too seriously in some aspects. Like, there's there's points, like, if you fight a really high contender or someone who's really good and you have a close fight with them and you have a loss on your record, you might lose the opportunity to ever make it mm-hmm. for one fight. And, yep. and it, it sucks a little bit. But um, as far as, you know, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So what's, what's next in terms um, of the boxing career? Like, what's your progression now? Because there's so many, there's so many federations and yeah. things to be involved in. Like, a yeah, um, th- th- there's so many sanctions. There's so many yeah. different routes to go. For, for me, um, I just want to right now, like like you said, like I was going to say before. Sorry that when you know you first started, I fought the first few guys. I fought. I never had an amateur boxing fight, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like when I first went in, I had no idea. I was taking short notice fights. I think I was supposed to be like a. Um, thrown into the deep end. I was supposed to be like a gimme on someone else's record kind yep. of thing. I think I was supposed to be, right, he's a tough guy. He's had tie fights, you'll box his ears off kind of thing. He'll stand in front of you or whatever. Um, but as, as, you know, a lot of these pro guys have had like 100 amateur fights or 200 mm. amateur fights or been to the Olympics or whatever. Um, so for me, coming in, it's, it was very like, you're in the deep end. You've just got to learn on your feet kind of thing. Um, and, you know, f- like I said, f- to a point now where I'm, I'm outboxing guys at a, a high level, mm-hmm. Moving forward, it's kind of in the air. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to fight, honestly, and I'll stick by it. It seems cocky or it seems arrogant or whatever, but I believe I will beat any person in my weight in Australia, hands down, on yep. two weeks' notice. I'm, I train 24-7, 365. I don't stop. I'm having three sessions a day. I'm always ready. So for, for me, progression fights are important. Um, I haven't fought in about 10, 11 months now, so my next fight, I'll, I was happy to fight the best in Australia. I'm happy to fight Tim. I'm happy to fight anyone. Obviously, there's a ranking system and there's a way to go about that. But um, as long as I'm getting progression fights, so the right step forward and it makes sense to me, I'll do that. Um, obviously, we want to re- win a couple of regionals. We wanted to go international, but due to um, 
COVID and stuff, we can't get over there. But yeah, there, there's some. It, that's it's good though because it kind of pushes everyone. All of the domestic matchups, yeah. it forces them yeah. because they can't go overseas. Yeah. All these guys are like, I'm too good for Australia. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. You, you, get, you, you get to fight these guys mm. now. So, um, if you want to stay active, exactly, you want you want to fight, you want to prove yourself. It's going to force some hands in Australia. So, um, I'm tr- I've been training nonstop. Mm. I'm ready to go. Um, there's a few things looming. We're looking to fight October. So. Um, whoever they put in front of me, I will put away. I believe I don't like anyone in Australia. So I, I yeah, for now it's just get in the ring, and um, I just feel like I need the platform. I yep, feel like yep. if you just put me in there and let me do the rest, that's where I'm at with it. And you haven't been active lately in a competitive sense, but you've still been sparring and helping yeah. others who um, have been active. Yeah. How much can you talk about that in terms um, of your yeah, sparring partners yeah, and who sweet, you've been sweet. Um, helping? I was sparring um, Jeff up to the Jeff and Tim fight. So we were doing two, uh, two sparring sessions um, for about six weeks up to that. So that was really good. Um, like, and like I said, they talk about being inactive. Every time you spar, it's almost like having a fight. Yep. So like me and Dennis Hogan were doing bulk rounds. Uh, me and Cameron Hammond were doing bulk rounds. And then I did the Jeff camp. So like... You felt I, like you'd been in uh, camp yeah, this I, whole time. I've, I've just done a six-week camp and then i like have a two-week taper off when i'm still training two or three times a day and now i'm kicking back into camp like i'm i feel i feel like i've been fighting i feel like i I haven't been inactive people go oh you know you should have a a warm-in fight or fight someone who you think you should beat up first then nah like i'm i'm ready to go i'm I'm not i've had 50 pro i've had 49 pro fights now i'm not gonna get green i'm not gonna go in and be oh god glove shy I'm gonna fight. So that's what I was gonna ask. Could you bring that tie mentality to boxing? Could you bring like, you know, how boxers may one, two, mm. max, let's say three type of fights is like them doing a lot. Whereas for you, how old are you now? Twenty five. Yeah, oh, forty. Twenty five. Twenty forty nine. Ah, spring spring chook. <laughs> Think about that, man. That's 25 crazy. Five and forty nine fights. A, that's, a, that's a lot of action. That's like ins- on, I that's feel like I'm going on fifty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's insane action because people would be like twenty five. So how long have you been fighting for? Uh, my first Muay Thai fight. Yep, I was fourteen. Fourteen. So yeah. Eleven years. I've been competing. I've been training yeah. for about twelve or thirteen. And, and how long pro? Um, I went pro at sixteen. At in Thai boxing. Are you so fighting obviously adults at that stage? Yeah, yeah. 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 I got my ass kicked a few times yeah. <laughs> early in my career. I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it. I'll be tough." So there's clearly within there, knowing that the last year you haven't been able to fight due to COVID and everything. Yeah. It's been years there that you racking ten fights, like double digits, yeah, like yeah. close I, to I, the, the most. I think the most I had in Thai boxing. I think I had eight fights in a year. Wow, um, it's a lot. Yes, it was a lot. <laughs> the, body, the body was in pain, but um, yeah, like Thai boxing is like I said, there's so many promotions, yeah. And you know, with Thai boxing, it's not like you. It's like MMA, right? So if you break your hand in a fight, you can rest, like try and get someone down, or you yeah. can you can kick them more with Muay Thai. Like if you hurt your elbow, you've got another elbow. You got your hands. You got your clinch. You got with boxing, you've got two hands. Mm. If you're injured, if you got a bad elbow, if you got a bad shoulder, you got a bad knuckle. This is one you can't fight. This right. is one hundred percent what I meant before. <laughs> I know heaps of people chew my head off when I said MMA was easy. Yeah. I didn't mean MMA was easy. All I'm just saying is yeah. that so many people go, I want to get into a fight. I'm going to do boxing first. Oh, and, and I go, oh, mate, it's and a I'm different like, world. man, you can't. 
you, obviously you can sort of grapple them to a, yep. to a certain degree, but you can't grab them. If you're more proficient with your wrestling or your takedowns, or your yeah. so you can't yep. take them to the ground and get into an advantageous position, rest a little bit. Not, not to be disrespectful at all. all yeah. f- every single sport in its own right is tough as fuck. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I couldn't go and do MMA because I'd get slammed on my head and choked out. You know, it's it's one of those things. But when you look at boxing, people go, oh, all you have to do is punch and mm. knock someone out. It is there's so much to it. It is, it's actually insane, you know. And, you know, when you're doing Muay Thai, if someone's got a good kicker, you can box them. Mm-hmm. If, you know, someone, you, you get a, a, a list of 10 guys. Some are good with their hands. Some are really good with their legs. Some are good clinches. But name me someone that is competent with everything, yep. elite. Mm-hmm. It's hard to name someone who is completely sound in MMA, in, you know, you see a lot of guys that wrestle and they're really good with their jits. They're stand-up blacks. Yep. You see a lot of guys in Muay Thai, they got beautiful tie kicks, but the second a foreigner boxes them, they can't handle it. Mm. You go into the high level of boxing, everyone is an elite boxer. You make one slip, you get caught, mm-hmm. you know, and then you hurt one hand, you hurt one injury on one side of that, you're now limited to 50%. Like, mm. it is it's it is a lot harder than people give yeah. it credit for. It's a different world. And right. someone is just constantly punching you. Yeah. Oh, This is like... Constantly punching you. I, I just feel like it. Yeah, it's more on. Obviously, there's like seventy percent of your head and thirty percent of your body. <laughs> yeah. Constant. Like, yeah, this is it. At least you know in other yeah. sports you can spread the love out. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Hundred <laughs> percent. So where where we know that you're looking at October. Um, we know that you want to keep staying active, get the big fights after there. You mentioned a lot of the things that you you're ticking off the list. 2020 for most people has been a year of just a vacuum where things have been taken away. But I'm, me and Mill, knowing you, have seen you working, mm. working hard the whole time. Have you seen like vast improvements within this period of time where you've just had to train? Um, where obviously you broke your hand, but you got into a training cycle and you're training three times a day. Where where you were, call it this time last year. There's been massive improvements from from that time and obviously there'll be future improvements but has this been one of the bigger jumps in your skill level i think so yeah uh, like and to, there's a lot of people struggling and going through stuff you know during covid but for myself i've been super blessed and super lucky where um i've been able to keep training i've been in an area where we're not in lockdown again so we've been able to really progress um with my strength and conditioning and stuff with Blakey, I've actually put on a couple of kilos of lean muscle mass. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Watching your stories with Blakey, it's been yeah, pretty cool. It's been good, How yeah. much he pushes you. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. good, man. He's, he's a wizard. And I'm, I'm a lot bigger and stronger than I was. Um, I haven't lost any speed. If not, I'm faster. Um, I'm hitting, I'm packing way more of a punch. Um, and because usually you cut weight, then you put it on and you cut weight. You do it so often, you don't yeah. really put on too much weight. You sit around, you hover. I've been inactive for so long, but I haven't stopped training. I've actually put on a fair bit of, yeah. of kick. So... Um, it's been good in that aspect. All my injuries have healed up. My my hands better. My knees are good. Like my shoulders are good. You know, you get all those niggly yeah. things. And it's, I've I've been feeling amazing. Um, and me and Josh have just been drilling, 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 and doing all the sparring, helping everyone else in their camps. Yeah, we've we've had more progression now than I think we've ever had. And awesome. You know, people can watch that last fight that I had. They went for the two and a half rounds or whatever. I'm a completely different fighter to what I was. Yeah. That long That's ago. Awesome. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's been really good. I've been really, really lucky to be able to keep training through and stuff. And yeah. so, Something I wanted to ask, there's two things I wanted to ask. One of them is I think people would be really interested in knowing what your training routine is in a day. But first, before that, you were talking about your broken hand. And I know there's a lot of guys that, out there that suffer with like psychological sort of injuries where 
their hand might have healed or their leg or their knees or their shoulders or whatever may have healed, but they're still just holding on to that. Scared to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever dealt that with with injuries and stuff? Every time I throw the right hand, when I'm in fights, like every time I throw a right hand or, because I've I've done it a few times, I've had every injury under the sun really, but um, yeah, even on pads, sometimes you throw a bad punch and it it inflames because it's a a previous injury. You get inflammation, you get all that kind of stuff. So, um, you just got to kind of get to a point where you just touch and go. If, if it hurts, don't throw it. Mm. If it feels good, do it. Like it's, you know, the, you get, you can get so much medical clearance. You can break a thumb and they say, oh, you need to retire because yeah. your career will end if you punch again. Like if you feel good, do it. It's fine. But, you know, you just got to listen to your body. Um, yeah, I've had, I've done this hand, I think, my right hand, what, three times. I've snapped my tendon in my wrist, rolled up my forearm, torn my bicep. My right arm has just been smashing. It feels good. Like I'm, every time I throw it now on pads, on sparring, it's good. Every time I fight, both hands will blow up. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you're clenching your fist and throwing it as hard as you can and bouncing off someone's head or elbows. And <laughs> like your hands are going to hurt. It's just one of those things. It's that's like, And that's obviously your money shot too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Has that always been the money shot? It used to be. It yeah. used to be. So uh, all my tie boxing knockouts, I had like – Six with hands and five were all with the counter right. Yeah. Um, coming into boxing, my first three stoppages were right hands. Yeah. Um, but then me and Josh started altering our style a little bit, trying to obviously be more complete when we started boxing seriously. And if I'd stop the next guy, we we're, were practicing our um, left body rips, left hooks. Mm. Stop the next guy before, punched him out of the ring with a left hook. Um, and so during this period of COVID, we've been doing a lot of inside work, a lot of left, a lot of just relaxing the right and just happy to be in boxing. Even a lot of the in the sparring that we've been doing. There's been rounds where Josh has left hand only and he lets me spar these high-level dudes with one hand and I have to survive and move around and try and win with one hand and then he goes, all right, let the other one go mid-round and trying to adapt. So I feel, I think I can I can knock someone out comfortably with either hand. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like these days I can I can put you down with a jab or if I can put you down with a body or a cross, doesn't really matter. So it, it used to be my favourite. I used to just send it and then everyone started kind of ducking away from it. it and starting to, to work around it so I'm, Mixed it up Justin. nicely. Yeah, that's yeah. something I want to work on. So next private, can we work on sort of retracting from that body shot or that hook, reloading, and then either either throwing the hook back or the yeah, body shot. Sure. That's something I always struggled with. And when Carnage used to be our our um, head of um, striking, his core and ability to sort of contract and throw a hook, retract back, and then yeah. throw a body shot. Yeah, it's all in the rotation. That's yeah. beautiful. That you'll go up high, you'll kick low, yep. then you'll come to the body, then come across yeah. with elbows. You I remember that. Oh man, I was his always, yeah, always, always, his the, always the demo. <laughs> <laughs> he, when he'd like call you over, he, go, he oh, demos oh, hard, doesn't he? Oh yeah. bloody hell, <laughs> demos hard. One day uh, I saw him demo with Sammy. He chopped her. Yeah. She like, stood there oh like a God. boss. She did but take I'll, it. Yeah. I was just she looking was like, at her. One, one tear. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was just looking at her going, oh, no. After she, yeah, oh. she was like, fuck, that hurt. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not going down in front of all these boys. Oh, I'm going to show. Oh, shout out to Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to bring him back, eh? Yeah. Trying to bring him back. It'd be good to have yeah. him back, but... Man, this COVID, it's just like everyone's yeah. like on an island somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Even even like the states, if you're in California, that's an island. Mm. If you're in fucking Illinois, that's an island. Like everywhere. Stuck. It, yeah. If like, man, I was just thinking about it the other day. Like how often would we go to Melbourne? Yeah. It, we're going every second week. Every second week. Yeah. With, Melbourne without, or, Saturday or, or Sydney. It was almost like yeah. it was clockwork. It was almost like every th- second thursday we knew we were on that 6 6 a.m flight down there and we oh, were wow. coming we were coming back yeah. that saturday saturday I night i remember you guys were just constantly i remember yeah but like man it's um 
yeah, I'm just hoping we can all bridge this gap soon and it will get back yeah. to normal. Yeah, what um, tell us about your training routine. Two to three times a day. Um, yeah, this depends on the day, depends mm. on the clients, depends on. Give us a bit of a rundown. Um, so just for yesterday as an example, uh, I had a few clients during the morning, but in the morning when I can, I got up at six. I just went for a six and a half k run. Just nothing crazy. It was just to start the week, kick the engine up. Um, that's all you crazy. running down the street the yeah, other day. For, for a lot of guys go, oh, that's a fast pace, but my, my cruisy pace is about a f- I don't know four thirty kind of run mm-hmm. per k. Did seven k cruisy. I saw him running the other day with one of the boys from Boonshu or something. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck, they're running fast." Yeah, yeah. When, after my before my last camp, my my best ever. I don't know if I'll ever do it again because I don't need to. But yeah. <laughs> I'm a fighter. But um, I did fourteen, uh, thirteen and a half k at four oh one pace, consistent. That was my best. Um, Tommy Norts probably laugh at that. Probably like, <laughs> you suck, but um, <laughs> but that, that was my personal best. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, so yesterday I ran in the morning and then I came to the gym, did a couple of clients. They got like three or four back-to-back. Um, and then from there I went to just down the road um, to BMF and me and Blakey did a, a session. So we're working a few different things at the moment. I'll give them, you know, we might be fighting this guy, we might be fighting this guy mm-hmm. and I'll show them some footage of the fight. And I'll be like, all right, we should work on this kind of stuff to strengthen whether it's your core or the inside work or length or, wow. you know, being able to be open and be have your core tight mm-hmm. from an open, pr- you know, a lot of box. I stand up quite tall. So yep. we're, we're really working on trying to keep everything tight from a, a bridge position. So we went through a big session, an hour session there. Um, obviously went fueled up, got some food, um, had another two clients. And then I went and went boxing in the afternoon from uh, five to six mm-hmm. thirty. So yeah. when you were t- rough, give it, give and take, depending on the sessions, you've got sprints, yeah. you got track, you got long runs, mm-hmm. strength, conditioning, sparring, Boxing, like you're, you got. You're active from early morning until yeah, yeah, night. Yeah. When you when you were talking about sort of um, working sp- on specific stuff with Blakey, do you go to him and say, when you're saying this is the guy I'm fighting, I feel like I should work on this, or is he pretty good at saying, well, I think we should work on this. Work together. Yeah, that's we, cool. We, yeah, we just take bits and pieces and say, you know, like if we ha- if we have eight weeks, I say, all right, I've got to fight in eight weeks. It's this date. We'll look at the calendar. We go, all right, cool. We go eight weeks. We'll do this many week block of strength, plyo, speed. Um, if I say to him, I really want to, if we're in like a lull where there's no fight and I say to him, I really want to work on getting my hands faster without rotating. I just want to snap the punch or whatever. We'll do band work or we'll do something that will promote that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I, I said to him, I went in one day and I said to him, I want to, because we, well, I think it's six and a half weeks. So we, we got a good, we got a strength block and stuff. We've got it all planned out. But give and take, if I go in and say to him, I want to work on being open and broad, but keep tight because I want to be, be able to box on the inside. Wear stomach punches all day. I've already got a conditioned core, but I want to be able to really keep it on all the time. He'll be like, all right, sweet. And he'll sit down and we'll write up a plan and how many times we need to do that a week or whatever. I do I do find the aspect, one thing really interesting about boxing is obviously the length of rounds and the repetitive nature of it means, I don't know, I've never been a boxer or anything like that, but I imagine the conditioning has to be so much different because there is no let up. For example, like you were saying, in MMA, you may be getting pieced up mm-hmm. and you get it to the ground yep. and then you can get it, catch a breather there. Mm-hmm. There is no getting it to the ground. There is no tying someone up yeah, against the so fence. Hard, so in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You, you're 12, 10 rounds, I don't know what your next fight's yeah. going to be, but you've got three minutes at a fucking gnarly pace, mm-hmm. minute rest, gnarly pace, minute rest, gnarly pace, and that... that like is just a brutal yeah. a brutal type of fashion whereas you would know most MMA fights 
don't make it the 15 minutes. Mm. Say you were doing the pro, don't make it that far. But even if they did, there are periods where the action can be tied up by someone. Yeah. Against the cage. Yeah, same same exactly. as tie boxing too. Yeah. You start to get, and you see a lot of these sports, they disengage too. Like with MMA, if yeah. you guys are gassing and you look at each other and, yeah. you, and you're both like, Let's your feet. <laughs> you guys will walk away mm, yeah. and then talk some shit and point at the floor yeah. and, then, and, then, and then keep walking yeah. and then end up in the clinch and tie boxing same thing sometimes you just you're clinching and you just walk over to the ropes and you just lack your arm and the yeah. ropes or you'll tie the knee up or you'll and you disengage you walk around and then you you know you move yeah. your hands around you, you muck around you fluff around with boxing you're engaged like when you look at that high level you look at that top tier level you were like a step into danger and a step away from danger yeah. the whole fight. So you can't really disengage. And the second that you do disengage, if you're fighting someone explosive, they close that gap and they land that shot. Yeah. The second that you, yeah, it's, it's, you kind of got to stay on. Um, I think the conditioning, yeah, it's just, it's getting used to it. You start from small and work your way up. I remember yeah. when I first started, I was like, dude, there's no way I can fight that. six rounds. <laughs> I did t- five rounds tie boxing. I'm like, there's no way. Cause obviously kicking and stuff gasses you a lot more. Yeah. Just strong. Punches, especially if you tempo stuff. But yeah, um, yeah I remember I, I remember saying to Josh, I'm like, man, I'm gonna struggle with these yeah. rounds. And then I had a few four round fights. Then I had a five round fight. Um, and then I, it's pushed up to six. Yeah. And then I've gone. I haven't gone past the six. So I had one eight round fight. And then my last fight was ten rounds. Yeah. Um, but just the sparring we'd be doing. I've been sparring ten rounds. Yeah. Finishing pretty good at a hard pace. Yeah, but yeah, it's just a progressive thing. Um, none of my fights have gone past round six so yeah. far. Yeah. So that's a, so out of everything, that's the part I love the most. Uh, the science of conditioning around. Yeah, yeah you've always an, talked about that. Yeah, you? just an anaerobic athlete versus an aerobic athlete mm. versus like you'll see someone that can repeatedly shoot wrestling. And we all know yeah. how much that takes oh out of it. God. Like it, it's the craziest thing that you can see someone comfortably stand up and bang for mm. round after round after round. You tell them to shoot once. And try and hold someone and down. Their energy bar just goes down. <laughs> quick smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it may not recover. Yeah. But you could tell them to years, whack the shit out of something. They can do it all, all, day. all day long. Yeah. Condition themselves yeah. towards it. Just all the yeah. different energy systems. Yeah. And obviously you making a transition because it wasn't yeah. what you used to do to where you are now. When you do get into your prime, it would just be a scary, mm. a yeah. scary sight. By yeah, the time you get into your um, prime with everything. Yeah, it's exciting, man. It's exciting times. Yeah, yeah. really cool. Like, like you said, whether you shoot or you throw on a power shot, yeah, you could throw three or four little rabbit punches to set something up mm. and then do a power shot yeah. in yeah. boxing. You know, and A lot of other sports, you just mm. bomb. Even in know? shadow boxing, man, like to warm up in shadow boxing, if you really exert some energy and extend your punches out, your kicks out, and you actually try, you'll cook yourself. Yeah, Yeah, massive. Yeah, Yeah. it's just like you've conditioned yourself to just sort of throw at a pace that will never cook you out and you'll just get a bit warm if you wanted to try. This is what different training's for, you know. There's there's days where you go in and that's what you see the session with me and Blakey. He'll get me in at the Gremlin session or he'll close things up and you'll just be like, that's cool. This is going to suck for you. Just so you know, let's go. And it'll be to a point where he's going to try and break me, which... He he sets things just in my barrier. He f- he finds my you know he worked out that my um my give out was about four minutes twenty at a max pace kind of thing, and then did a lot of testing, and then he goes he sets everything just like just just in or just out of my reach, and he goes I know you can do this. Yep. I won't settle for less, mm-hmm. and he pushes you through stuff like that is what's going to get you the next level up. Whereas sometimes you're in the gym doing pad work or bag work, and you know Josh will get me on the bag, and he's got a clicker, he's got a 
Tellies, you, your punches, and he's like, I want you on max power punches on this bag. You got three minutes, you got a minute to recover, and he'll click my first fresh round. He'll be like, You've hit 250 power shots in three minutes. You now have three more rounds. You can't go below that. Wow. You know, stuff yeah. like that is where it's the training changes from. You know, you do your skill work and then you do your power shots. Then you, you've you got those sessions that you need to, to be doing. Does weekly. Josh do this with anyone else? Um, I don't believe so. So we, we've got a couple of amateur boxers out of the gym. Um, we've got a lot of. Um, Tie boxes, obviously. Mm. Um, and Josh just has pads with the tie boxes. Yep. Um, and Wayne will do all the cornering for those guys. And with yeah, you guys have a great connection, and he's he's obviously passionate um, to help you succeed. See yep. see something in you, and it fulfills him to do all of these sorts of things. Because, and this is what I was sort of getting to with you talking about working with Blakey, and do you approach him and communicate to him what you want? And then he uses his experience yeah. to achieve those results. Like yeah, hundred percent. Same with same with Josh. Does Josh? Do you expect that Josh will come to you with no, a, a plan? Well, no, we the, we are so open. You wouldn't yeah. believe. Um, yeah, we we're we're straight and straight and narrow. Like, if anybody has a problem or someone, we need to work something out, or we need to talk about something, or we have a step by step plan, or something pops up, it's straight on the phone. I'm probably on. I've been on the phone to him twice this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it's it's, co- it's constant. It, it's it's an open relationship with that stuff. You know, there's there's no limits. There's no anything like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard balance, and this is probably coming from more of a selfish questioning yep. um, in saying this because even at Combat Training Center, we've got a great facility and we've got a lot of resources there. Something that's always difficult for me personally is trying to give an athlete the the attention that they really want when it's time for a fight. Because when someone commits to that fight, they're like. I want everyone to stop what they're doing and I want all the attention on me. Yeah. And if I'm not getting it, I chuck a hissy fit in some manner. Yeah. And I can totally understand that. Where does, where do, <laughs> and, and they expect that you're going to come to them with a plan and I all these a, sorts of things. Yeah, I've got an opinion on that though. Like what, what is, what's your opinion? I I'd think, love to know. I think everyone, you know, is equal when they come to fights and stuff. But, you know, you've got guys that have had one amateur fight who are doing a three rounder that is one minute 30. Yeah, you need to prep them for that fight. But when you get a high level guy who's, on the verge of doing something really big in every fight matters. You have to be doing like three sessions a day and your whole life is committed to it. There's a difference there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get someone, you, you, obviously the early stages are super important, but I feel like there's a lot of guys that come into a gym and have, like I said before, have one or two fights and they expect to be treated with the same respect and the same energy and the same training as the guys that have earned that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that there's a little bit of a difference there. Should, should the gym, um, in your opinion, sort of like, um, help support that elite athlete and try and f- uh, push as many resources as possible to help them. Yeah, I, I think there should be se- like separate compartments. You know, you got you, you got guys that are going to train the beginners, and you got guys that are going to help them to progress. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if there's a guy that say Shannon Ross, he's yep. had a, a, a massive career. He's had he's a high level dude. If he needs to be doing ten rounds on pads, are you going to give the guy that's got his first fight coming up with pads ten rounds before Shannon? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, I, I think that there needs to be a bit of um, underlining of the guys that are serious, and then the guys that are fluffing around, and then the guys that are that are taking this, the, you know, for their first fight. I think it, everyone's just as important, but I think there needs to be guys that you know help the lower guys to get to where they need to be, yep. and then I think that there's another level in between that, and then I think there's another level at the top. Yeah. I'm so, definitely seeing that. Yeah. I I I think that like, and um, that's something that I've accepted. I feel like through my skills and not having the fight experience that a lot of, and you know who it is? You, you and Elliot are the first two people that have really cemented that in, in my mind. 
after 11 years of doing combat sports and starting in striking as well. So I very much wholeheartedly, and me and Jesse, Jesse from the gym, believe that we can take someone from nothing to be really, really good. 100%. Especially in jujitsu and stuff. Yeah, like 100%. getting someone gold medals, doing strategies, all that's piss easy. Like we, we have a system, we know how to get them there. Since working with you and then obviously having a group of really elite athletes at the top level of the sport coming through our gym, I'm really starting to actually see the top level mm. and what's involved and just the intricacies that yep. you can only teach or work with an athlete based on the fact that they've had that fight experience yep. or experience working with the fighters because I'm learning a lot now and if another elite MMA athlete came to came to us I've learned a lot from you Elliot Darcy all these type of guys that I could impart that on them but it hasn't been until I've been surrounded by guys like you um, that that really clicked for me and that was just little things like say for example we were doing pads and I might throw a right cross and I'm just slightly you know leaning over the top of my punch and maybe my connection to the ground isn't quite there you know you can see it immediately and we'd laugh yeah. You know, and now I pick it up too. Yeah, yeah. Just little things, just little basics. Like yeah, you'll feel it when, when you kind of you have the fight experience. You kind of get used to. You make people pay when they miss. Yeah. So the second that you see something off, and that's why it's great for me. And and I love doing the classes, and I love doing the clients because I can see where we start, and I can just little thing by little thing by little thing, and yeah. you change a hundred little things, and it turns into a big thing. It comes into a complete fighter, you know. And that's why I love, even when I'm holding pads for you guys. Sometimes I, who was I doing it with this morning? I was one of the boys, Zach, um, from Lost Boys. Yeah, so yeah. We were doing something and he's been doing something for a while that I haven't really picked up on and I've been training him for like six months and I only picked it up this morning and I'm like, this is something that I, I've been thinking about but I haven't figured out how to do it yeah. just until now. I've just seen it. And then, you know, that's why talking to your trainer or talking to your client is so important because you guys can talk about something and come to – there's not one way to do one thing yeah. and that's it. A that, lot of gyms promote that. Yeah, they're, they're, you go to a gym and they go, this is how to fight – this is yeah. how to throw one jab for every scenario and this is going to be your style. Yep. People are long, people are strong, people yes. are short, people are weak, people have big punch power. Mm. You need to train everyone specifically. If you're doing PTs, you need to train everyone specifically to what, how they should be fighting. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you're, you've got a guy who's skinny and long, I'm not going to get you to come and fight me on the inside because mm-hmm. that's just silly. You're just yep. wasting your natural ability to fight. If you want to do it, give yourself the best chance. Mm-hmm. You know, um, That's what I said. When, when I see little things in alter like yourself... Some people I won't pick up stuff like that because I'm like, you don't really need to, to work. But, you know, yeah. with your boys like yourself, you love being on the inside and yeah. getting in for yourself. We need to work on getting in without getting caught. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. Like this morning with yourself, you like floating around and being really sharp and stuff. Mm. We need to figure out how to get in and yeah. land those shots. You can't just explode in every time because you're going to get, you know. So there's different things for different people. And I'm really enjoying the process. I'm yeah. really, you know, I'm learning a lot training people because I cool, certain, certain things that happen I go shit I should be doing that you know that's so um, cool I think that yeah. this is the progression of combat sports yeah especially in our country as well is a lot more we've come from like this highly political state where everyone's saying this is how you need to do this this is how you need to throw a kick jujitsu this is how you need to do an armbar and all these sorts of things and now I feel like or at least in our world um, we're creating this sort of like open system where everyone learns differently People like drilling, people like sparring, yeah. they learn differently sparring. People like the sort of s- sequential sort of learning that techniques bring and all these sorts of things. So um, it, it really is, we are, really are trying to be a bit more progressive and yeah. Yeah. understand how people learn better. Yeah, 100%. And there's not one way to do things. Yeah, 100%. You need to have that mentality. 
you need to have that mentality because yeah. if you're a one-dimensional fighter and you throw a one-two the same time every time, you're going to fight some guy who can do that in a hundred different ways and he's just going to rip you apart. Yeah. What's some advice that you'll give to an aspiring athlete that wants to compete in boxing? And what would did you wish that you knew now that you wish you, that you knew when you were younger? Um, to be honest, it's a hard, it's a hard question because... Yeah. Every little lump in the road is important because you learn. Um, there's nothing now that I really thought I wish I knew. Like I, I feel like I'm in a really good position. I feel like every the stars have aligned for me. I feel like if I didn't do everything the way it happened, I didn't get shot in the foot from this person or I didn't make this rash decision or I wouldn't be where I am. So I feel like stick to your intuition. I think that's the biggest thing. Like Intuition is everything. I think if you have a feeling about something – it's probably going to be right. If you got a bad feeling about someone, listen to that bad feeling. Yep. If you got a good feeling about someone, go with it. If you get shot in the foot, then you learn to be a bit hesitant next time. Like there's different things like that. I think um, the biggest thing for me was just not, you have to care about what people think. You have to take everything on board, but the people that were negative towards you do not give a fuck about what they say at all. Yep. Like an example, a perfect example is um, I was working probably about two years ago. I was working on site with a guy um, he was always off his lid, um, and yeah, I don't know. And he, I was training and training. I was telling him how I was just crossing over to boxing. I really want to be a boxer, and I really want to do this. And I've been training for this long. He's mate, get it. And he was just, you know, one of those just yeah. narcissistic, exactly. yeah. horrible, negative people. And he was like, make sure you get a job and do this. That's that's not going to turn out for you. That's not going to work. Get a job so you're safe. Meanwhile, he's working shit hours, not getting a home life, just a mess. Um, and then he was the worst dude to work. I won't say a name, but he was the worst yeah. dude to work with ever. And he made my life a hell for, for a good period of time. Um, about six months later, I had an opportunity to fight on the Jeff Horn um, mm-hmm. Mundine undercard and was fighting on a, in front of a 25,000 audience, in front of a stadium on TV. Um, and I, I, that was around the period that I was kind of dropping out of work and I quit. And that's how, yeah, I quit about two months after that. I had the fight. I was doing a news article at the beach with the, with the camera crew, Mitch from Channel 7, a legend, um, and he was filming us. And I heard all this swearing and commotion. I turned around. This was in Broad Beach, and on that new high-rise, that guy was at the front losing his shit, covered in, like, dirt on site, just hating his life. What? And I was sitting there across, not working anymore, training. And it's, it just was – it was one of those refreshing moments where not that I wasn't I – w- I was upset for him because he's, he's not winning. That sucks. And yeah. you should never, ever – put someone down for being in a shit situation. I'm, yep. I'm not about that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he was so negative towards me and what yep. I wanted to aspire to because he wasn't happy, he brought me down, so he felt better about himself and then I just didn't phase, didn't phase me and then, you know, six months later I'm there and he's still there. It just shows that mindset is everything. Fucking so nice. when you don't give a fuck about what the negative people think, you just stay on your vibe with the people that are on your vibe and you just stick to your intuition. I think you can't really go wrong. I think it's... Brother, trust me, yeah. that message is going to sit really well for a lot of people. I can definitely... I can just hear all the people smiling at the moment. Right. Something that... um, On a similar track, John Wayne Parr has a legitimate Muay Thai gym. Yep. And you are one of his, you know, golden boys has stayed with him this whole time and done so well in that sport. How did he take to your transition to boxing? And then also he's become really open 
to progress and become more commercial with his gym, starting MMA and yep. doing jiu-jitsu and all these sorts of things, which is cool. What, what do you think about this? I think it's great. I think it's, like I said, you got to keep up with the times. You got to, I think they got to a point where um, we didn't really have any boxers out of there. And Wayne had his pro career, um, but then he's come back to Muay Thai and that was the, it was a Muay Thai gym, you know. Um, and then he was, well, I spoke to Wayne, I said, I, I want to pursue boxing. Um, I don't, I've got Josh. Josh is going to be my coach. And this is, like, I want to keep training out of here. I've been loyal to you. I've been here my whole life. I don't see a point in leaving. We can do what we need to do out of here. We can still be a team. Um, and he handled that fine. He handled that real well. Um, and then I think over the years, I said, you know, the, the boxing fights come up. And then, you know, one of the other boys, Lucky Scullions, changed, one of my good mates has changed over to boxing. And then a few other people have chucked on the boots and started boxing. We've got Ricky or Silver now. Um, and then, you know, it was like, all right, let's just bring boxing in and change the banner, put the boxing on there. And then, again, from that point, you know, they've gone, all right, let's get jits and wrestling and all that kind of stuff in here. Let's start to really ev- ev- uh, evolutionize the gym. They got the mats down there, and they they got heaps of stuff coming. I Sponsored thought, by Monster now. Oof. Monster. Yeah. So they got yeah, the whole stuff. gym um, decked out. Oh, is that was that a secret? No, that's not a secret. That's um, on social. And no, he put that. it on. Yeah, 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 he put it there on. There you go. Yeah. Well, if it is secret, yeah, <laughs> yeah we just <laughs> let that out of the bag. <laughs> Man, anyway, that says yeah. a shitload about you and him. Yeah. That not only did he have such a strong history in Muay Thai in that gym, but he, you wanted to stay there and be loyal and get your training out of there. You didn't just go to, there's heaps of good boxing gyms around yep. here as well. Yeah. Um, he allowed it to happen but and then yeah. it helped evolve his, yeah. his business. And as, and as far as, you know, good boxing gyms go, I didn't feel a need to go and train at another gym. I had my coach there. I had a team there. I had so much history there i've got all the resources we've got bags we've got a ring yeah, that's cool man what why would you pack up you know you see you got a lot you know a lot of gym hoppers and stuff mm-hmm. people see that as negative you know using this and this but i think if you, you know you've got your different teams for your different reasons yeah. you know like i said combat's my home base like that is where we do our clients i'm a coach there yeah. we have a big family here but then Boonchu is where i compete and train out of that's yeah. my strength then i got blake strength and conditioning yeah. you know there's a point where you need to you need to branch out and yep. get all the opportunities that you can have. You can't just be stuck in ways. You yep. see, some people get pretty salty over some things, and I'm not needed. Yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah, we're all good. It's it's been what 13 years now running. And wow. Yeah, that's awesome, awesome man. Yeah. I like you a lot more for hearing that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We appreciate you, man. Mm. We've taken up a lot of your time today, obviously, oh. with everything else. But <laughs> the good thing is, post this podcast, I think people will see some cool stuff that'll drop um, with some sponsors that you obviously that work with you. And um, from there again, they'll be seeing this fight coming up in October. So future's looking bright. What you sort of what sort of sponsors you need now? Who can we shout out to? Who can we? Oh God! What, what I, do you need? Honestly, I'm not one of those guys. I need this and I need yeah. this. Again, the mentality is I would love it. Um, I don't need anything. I'd love it, but anyone that's reaching out to help, it's I think it's a love love system. Um, we're just going to keep doing our thing, and when the right energy comes in, it comes in, and how good? You know, we all just keep on kicking on and help each other. I'm not I'm not going to reach out and go. I need this and I need this. It's not get on board the love love system. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nice, bro. Good. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, brother. Uh, thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on. No worries, man. Cheers. <laughs>